Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. Well, Bitch Talkers, we're welcoming back one of our favorite comedians uh, of the Bay Area. Her name's Irene Too, and she's got a new album out called We're Done Now. And uh, are we done now, <laughs> Irene? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're, uh, you know, we're, we're pro- as a society, we're probably done. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. I hope. Dude, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm tired. I just, I, I love this album and I feel like me and Ange and possibly producer Shar, who's hiding back there. It's just as dark. Um, but also we have a little light shining uh, somewhere within us every day, but I love that the comedy just goes there and I have to say, um, I was really excited when I saw you open for Patton Oswalt. What was that in the fall of last year? Um, yeah, I think that was maybe October or November, something like that. And it was one of our first um, theater outings since I think 2020. But I wanted to know, um, how was your pandemic? How did it treat you? Um, it was good. Oh my God. Wait, did you come to the show at the Fox? In yes. Yeah. The show was kind of wild. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. audience was like on one. Something was happening. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've been locked up for a year. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you well, got like, a lot then, of love. Okay. Yeah. But the night prior we did Portland, Oregon, and everyone was like, just being the best comedy audience you could be. And then Oakland, people were just yelling stuff and who knows like it was fun but it was a little wild i don't know what i i mean i i think you and Patton made a comment about the audience like it was kind of like whoa 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 but i was i had a good time yeah i mean it was fun <laughs> but it was like oh it was like you guys like chill like just just, just jokes, just jokes. Like, <laughs> calm down i think it's just because we're all hungry we're all thirsty for it because i have found myself when i do go to shows concerts whatever i'm so much more easily entertained than i ever have been before because i'm just so hungry for it that i just laugh like you'll say i'm irene too i'd start laughing already like yay because i'm just so excited like do you find that audiences in general aside from that um oakland crew, <laughs> audiences in general are just so happy so much more happier to be there because of what we've been through yeah, I think like right after like, um, well, not like after the pandemic, because like we're kind of still in one. Right. Um, but, you know, when we started doing shows again, um, every time there's like a dip in the numbers, people in the audience were really excited. Like anytime you did a show, they were just like really good. Um, and also some people were like too excited or like haven't been on the house for so long and they'd be like really drunk and you're like, OK, that's enough. Um, but yeah, I do feel like people are really excited for live entertainment. Um, but I mean, going to my original question, how was your pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I mean, it feels like, it feels like a million years ago. I was just thinking about it today. I was like, oh man, remember when we like were in our houses, like we had to just stay home the whole time. That was wild. Um, I mean, I was with my family, so it was fine. Uh, we kind of, it was too much family time where you, like you started to get on your, each other's nerves. 
Um, so that was annoying, but it was nice because like, I hadn't like been with my family uh, in a long time, just like all of us staying together in one house. So that was kind of nice, but I'm, I'm glad it's done now. I'm glad we're traveling. You know, I'm traveling. My mom's traveling. My grandparents are still like staying put, but um, yeah. you know, we're out doing stuff now. Well, the last time we talked to you was in 2018, which is crazy, but you mentioned that you wanted to become a professional skateboarder, kind of in jest, but you really you really wanted to get more into it. And honestly, during the quarantine, when the streets were empty, I was jealous that I wasn't a skateboarder. So did you get how, how has it been? It's been four years now. Are you a professional skateboarder? No, I'm not, <laughs> um, which bums me every day. Uh, and I, I stubbed my toe really bad during the pandemic also. And then I couldn't, it, it's still kind of bothering me, um, but I couldn't really, I couldn't skateboard. I couldn't like walk around at all. I was wearing a, a boot for a bit. What? Um, yeah, I like By sprained, stubbing I, your toe? I sprained it. I, I stubbed it and I sprained it um, <sighs> like pretty bad. And just in my house, which is very sad. Uh, not even skateboarding. Like, I wish it was like an actual like injury. A cool accident. Yeah. No, it wasn't cool at all. Well, it's good for the comedy, though. Yeah. But, but I don't know if you saw this. Tony Hawk like broke his leg or foot or something. And he's like trying to skate again, like now. And like, it, right. it's been like two weeks or something. And I'm like, man, I haven't been skating and it's been like a year. And this man broke his leg and was like, no, nah, I'm going to go back and skate again. I was like, that's wild. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's we Tony all, Hawk. We all have our own path. Yeah. Don't compare yeah. yourself to Tony Hawk. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. You're good. <laughs> um, speaking of Patton Oswalt, I know that you were opening for him in the before times. Is that right? Before the pandemic yeah, but started. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. yeah. How did that connection start? I, I was really excited to see that for you. Um, yeah, so I opened uh, for uh, Brian Posehn a few years ago. I can't remember what year it was. Um, and then uh, his manager like saw me and I had a really good set. And then he asked me if I want to open for Patton on a couple dates. And I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And then we've kind of, you know, just done it a few times since then, too. Yeah. Yeah. But he seems like a like coincidence. You know, he seems like, like a good one. <laughs> yeah. He, he also gets like a wide variety of openers and stuff. And he's like very supportive. So it's awesome. Yeah, he's one of our favorite people just to follow and in, in life in general. But I, I haven't seen your comedy in person since 2019, uh, since uh, we, we hosted that really funny comedians who happen to be women. And I really missed it. And I didn't realize how much I missed it until I listened to your new album. And you just your voice is so unique, but you interweave your jokes so well. And I'm curious to know how you arrange your sets. Like, do you accumulate jokes in time and then you piece them together? Or is it different, a different process every time? Yeah, so for this one, um, it was like a compilation of jokes from like the past 10 years. Like some of the jokes are really old and some of them are pretty new. Um, so I kind of, I was having a hard time actually figuring out the set list to make sure it all flowed. I, like until like the day of basically, I was like, okay, I think this is what the order is going to be like because it, it was kind of working and then part of it wasn't. So I think I finally got it where I was like, okay, this is good enough. And that was like the day of. Um, but for the next one, I think I am going to be more deliberate about writing jokes for the hour. You know, this was more like a best of kind of hits album, you know, <laughs> uh, and the next one, I, I kind of want more of a through line for like the special or something. Oh, is that coming? I mean, that, that's my next goal is to like do a, like a, a proper, like one hour special. Yeah. 
Um, I was going to ask, how does a comedian just come up with, you know, or come up with the timing of, I want to do an album. Like, were you thinking about this through the pandemic? And you're like, I'm going to, when we exit the pandemic, this is the goal. No, um, they, I've known, um, the, the blonde medicine people for a while. And they asked me if I want to do an album and I hadn't really thought about it. Cause I always thought I was going to do like a special first. Um, and, uh, I was like, okay, I guess I should do an album now. Cause no one's like, no one's calling me to do a special. And, uh, I would like to put something out there just so I can, you know, like some of the jokes I wanted to retire and mm. I hadn't really, and I haven't been doing some of the jokes for like a while now. And I was like, yeah, this will be a good way to like, kind of you know, put them on the record, be like, oh, you know, these are some jokes that I thought were funny and, you know, wrote at one point. Um, and I would like people to hear them that haven't heard them. And then I can work on the next thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was still as relatable as ever. <laughs> you talk about gender reveal parties. I won't get into the joke, but I'm so glad you brought that up. And I think we need to talk about this more often. And, and I'm wondering if you feel the way I feel like, especially the older we get, I love my friends that are married and have kids, but we just have to buy them so many things. You get, <laughs> you get married, we go to the wedding, you have a baby, the baby shower, the baby's birthday for the rest of their <laughs> lives. And now we add a gender reveal party to the mix. So do you feel the same way? Like maybe not only that it's a little bit obnoxious, but like it's just too many gifts. And maybe when we reach a certain point and we're still single, like, you know, I'm 40 and I'm still single. Let's have a party for me now. Cause I want to go on a vacation too. <laughs> I, the same I love way. that. I mean, you should do that. You can be like, it's a gender reveal party for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reve I'll reveal something. I don't care. Yeah. 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 It's some, it's a something reveal party. You gotta show up to find out what it is. Mm, Bring that's me good gifts. I mean, you know, you could have Irene host that. That'd be hilarious. That's a good <laughs> twist. I don't want to host anything. I just want to show up at this party. Oh, no, yeah, yes. you don't have to work. It's fine. We'll just have you work it. <laughs> um, uh, there's another connection that I, I want you to talk about to Taylor Tomlinson, who I'm a fan of. I've been watching her stand up on Netflix, and I think she's hilarious. And just wondering how y'all connected. And it seems like you you really are BFFs in real life. Oh yeah, we're good. We're good friends. Um, I worked with her. Um, I think maybe like we've known each other like five years now, or so, give or take. Um, uh, I worked with her at the San Jose Improv. She was featuring at the time. I was hosting, um, and we kind of just got along. And then uh, we worked together a few more times. I think uh, I was running shows in the Bay still, and I asked her to you know come headline a few of my shows, and then we just kind of stayed in touch. And I've opened for, you know, a few times since then. And then during um, the pandemic, we like became closer friends. Nobody was doing anything during the pandemic. So it was a nice way to become friends with people I hadn't like, you know, been that close to before. So yeah, made a few good, uh, good friendships during the pandemic. I will say that was one thing that came out of it. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, there were some pros. Yeah. We can't be all Debbie Downer about it. And I hope we're moving forward in a more thoughtful way after all of this bullshit that we've mm -hmm. been through. But I just, I wanted to talk about one more thing, a uh, part of your album <laughs> that I really, <laughs> love. You, you talk about uh, going to get chicken with your mom, a, a, a live chicken. And that's just kind of culturally what we do. And I'm curious to know, um, do you remember the first time you did that? And did your family explain to you what was going to happen? Because I have a very traumatizing first story, but after that, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we do now. So were you talked about, were you, did they tell you like, this is what we're going to do and this is why, and this is how it happens with the chicken. Yeah. 
Um, like the first time you saw like, you know, a chicken being killed or, or something that you were about to eat. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, my, I think my family makes just a really good, like chicken soup. Like we, we just make really mm. good soup and it's because like they buy chickens that were alive and got slaughtered like that day. And then we bring it home. Um, and one time I went with, with my mom to Chinatown and I didn't see the chicken getting slaughtered cause it like goes in this machine thing. So you don't actually watch them like cut it. Um, it just goes in this like machine that deep fluffs it and kills it and oh. stuff. So I didn't actually <laughs> see that part of it happening. Sorry. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I eat chicken, so <laughs> yeah, but you know, but yeah, it, it, it does happen in real time. You just don't like see it. There's no like window. <laughs> okay. okay. There's no bloodletting that you're watching. No, no, no. But I, th- <laughs> I think when my mom was a kid, they, they would do it like, you know, Oh yeah. Somebody would cut it. Um, they just don't really do that here or at least not where we bought the chickens. I want to know, since we haven't really had a a sit down conversation with you since 2018, can you talk about how comedy has changed in the last four years with the pandemic in the middle of it for you? Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of comedy is, um, on the internet now, which is Mm. kind of, different um i mean there was always like you know clips on youtube or whatever but a lot of comedy is consumed like on tiktok and instagram now Mm. um so now everyone's trying to put their clips on the internet and try and get followers that way which is both cool and very annoying Mm -hmm. because that means you can gain a following without like any gatekeepers or industry or whatever you just put your stuff out there and people like it like they'll follow you which is awesome but it's also annoying because you have to be like, oh, I'm taking my like joke that I worked on for years and I'm only taking like 30 seconds of it and then putting it on the internet and hoping people like that part of it. And I feel like it takes away from like the art form of standup, which is, you know, like li- a live show and also the whole joke and the whole hour, half hour, you know? Hmm. So it's a little weird, um, but uh, I'm reluctantly trying to participate in it. <laughs> I feel like that old man that's like, oh, all right, I'll get on the the TikTok. <laughs> we still have. Yeah. So you're ahead of us. <laughs> I only got on it like three weeks ago and I, oh. I just put stand up. Plus, I'm not really on it, on it. I kind of yes. like, OK, here's a clip, I guess. I hope you like it. <laughs> Hence the green screen. Oh, that's not this is for my uh, as for like auditions. Oh, got mm. it. Oh, there's a blue side. I shouldn't put it on the blue side, but I was uh, too lazy to fix it. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing I want to talk about is, and I, I don't want to talk about the whole joke, but the Johnson and Johnson joke. I mean, I saw you do it in in um, in Oakland too, which I loved. But I'm also a Johnson and Johnson, and I knew right when Ange texted me, I knew which joke she was talking about. I'm like, yeah, and these motherfuckers here didn't get it, and they act the same way as your joke. I make so much fun. They act like it, like I'm the. It made the, me the feel bad. It made this worst make me person. feel bad. It made me feel bad. Yeah. But do you feel <laughs> you? I mean, do you feel a little bit like? Is the joke true? Are you kind of like? Ugh. Well, I wrote the joke because. Um, <laughs> Because it kind of happened to me where um, people, because people were like kind of, you know, making fun of people or like being like, oh, like Johnson, Johnson. Like, you know, when it first came out, everyone was saying that the two shot vaccines were like superior or whatever, because like they had a better rate of not getting COVID or something. And then I just happened to get the Johnson and Johnson because 
I want to do the one shot. And it is yeah. it, it, like, you had to schedule the two shots with like a month in between. It was like not working out with my schedule. Um, Cause I was going to get it. And then they're like, you have to come back in three weeks. I'm like, I will not be in town. They're like, mm, well, then you can't do it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then I got the Johnson and Johnson, but then I was hanging out with like a couple comics and they were just talking about whatever shot they got. And then they were like, Oh yeah, Irene, you, you got a uh, Moderna. Right. And I was like, yeah. Like I just lied <laughs> and I didn't know why I lied. I think I just felt like pressured or like, I was like, okay. And then it just, I thought it was so funny that I lied. And then I wrote that joke because I was like, oh, this is like kind of a funny thing. I don't know why I lied about it. Like in the moment I was like, oh, I can't tell people I got the Johnson and Johnson. You know? <laughs> I was really proud of it at first. And then all that shit came out about it. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't really tell anybody. <laughs> okay, yeah. but, you, but you know what? I still haven't gotten COVID. So same. True. And Aaron gets sick all the time. So if, Before she, still the pandemic. Has, if she still hasn't gotten it, then that that's great. I'm happy for both of you. I'm just saying, I don't know if it is the Johnson and Johnson, but <laughs> didn't get it yet. I, I call, know, knock I call, on wood. I call it janky and janky. <laughs> That's what am I? <laughs> oh, I got Moderna. Yeah, yeah, I got that Dolly Parton <laughs> up in me. No big deal. Oh, God. Well, Irene, is there anything else you want to promote while, while we have you? Um, you can see me on tour. I'm doing a bunch of live shows in like, um, Chicago, Austin, Bloomington, Indiana, Vancouver. I think I'm doing a show in Vancouver. So, um, yeah, if you want to check, check me out live, go on my website, irene2.com for tour dates, follow me on social media at irene underscore two. That's T U. And, uh, you know, come see me, come say hi. And I'm sorry if you've heard a couple of these jokes before in the album, I'm working on the new hour and it doesn't come that quick. They're the best of. Yeah, I was happy to hear them again. Yeah, loved it. Irene, thanks so much for being back on Bitch Talk. It's nice to see you again. Very great to see you. Thank you guys for having me again. You guys are the best. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. <laughs>